Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Applebee Bermuda Shorts podcast, short talks on all things Bermuda and business. In this tech talk series, we are going to talk about what's happening in the world of tech. I'm Jerome Wilson, head of Applebee's technology and innovation practice in Bermuda. Technology is transforming businesses, markets, and our everyday lives. Today, I'm joined by my partner here in the technology and innovation team here at Applebee, Duncan Card. Hello, Duncan. Hey, Jerome. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? Great. Thank you. So for our listeners out there, uh, Duncan recently rejoined Applebee and is a part of the technology practice here in the Bermuda office. Duncan qualified with Applebee uh, a number of years ago and then left our shores and brings back with him over 20 years of experience having worked in the Canadian markets. Duncan, is there anything you want to say to the to our listeners about yourself? Sure. I specialize in IT commercial transactions, which includes outsourcing and regulatory aspects of that, such as data protection, privacy, and cybersecurity, all of which sort of come together in the IT industry. And uh, that's really the basis of uh, my practice. Yeah, and, and that's what brings us here today. We're going to talk a little bit about that um, experience that you have and, and more particularly the relationship between all of the, the regulatory laws that we're seeing now in the offshore world dealing with data protection, cybersecurity, and privacy, which are sort of hot topics at the moment, and how those laws and regulations dovetail or connect with the sort of commercial side and the commercial aspects of the equation and what companies have to do from a practical perspective to uh, get to grips with those laws, especially those companies that have an offshore presence and more specifically those that have a presence in Bermuda. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've always had outsourcing. We've always had IT service agreements across border and internationally to support international business here. But the landscape has really changed. Uh, It used to be that these agreements were done and entered into without much scrutiny, whether they were between affiliated companies or third-party service providers. And now we've had a perfect storm of regulation. You know, we've had governance standards that have greatly increased uh, our standards of the commercial agreements and what uh, boards of directors and C-suite executives have to make sure are in place. Uh, Audit scrutiny has totally changed. You know, auditors are so involved now in the commercial aspects of the business. Yep. And since every business relies on IT infrastructure, absolutely, it becomes essential yeah. that they focus on these things. And if they find problems in the contracts, they're going to point them out to the audit committee. Uh, we've got a growing trend of consumer rights activism mm-hmm. and individuals who interact, whether they're consumers or stakeholders otherwise, they're going to be very concerned about the nature and quality of how their business and affairs and information are are conducted. And I think really that's all come together as a dramatic increase in regulation. So now we've got privacy laws, data protection laws, and cybersecurity laws coming from different directions, yeah. all affecting the quality of outsourcing and IT service agreements. So that's a good place for us to start then. So why is the emergence of these sort of different regulations, as you said, for cybersecurity, privacy, data protection, that sort of cacophony of ideas, why is the emergence of that 
you know, sort of re- relevant to outsourcing and more particularly to the IT service agreements? Yeah. At the hub of all of the IT infrastructure is the integrity of the data, uh, the confidentiality of the data, mm-hmm. and really making sure that uh, third parties aren't interfering with the course of business, whether that's cyber incidents or companies that are exploiting personal information for reasons that they're really not allowed to. Yeah. Um, the real confluence has come from really five different directions, I think. Uh, the rights of individuals, as I mentioned, that's been privacy. Personality rights were growing. There was cyber trespass. You know, there's a growing area of uh, cyber libel and defamation online. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's converging with a whole different sphere of concern where business assets were becoming vulnerable to cyber attack. Yep. Whether state or non-state actors, they were coming into corporations and stealing intellectual property, Ransoming data, and information, yep. which went right to the core of how these businesses were operating. I think the next one really came about when uh, personal information was being protected and it had to be protected starting in Europe, but spread quickly around the globe. And now we've got a whole series of laws on, on privacy and personal information protection. And Bermuda's no exception. Our uh, 2016 statute uh, to protect personal information. Uh, parts of it have been proclaimed in force, but we've still got operative provisions yep. that are about to be uh, proclaimed in force. We've got the appointment of a privacy commissioner in Bermuda, and they're making great strides toward bringing that law into focus. And at the same time, we have a series of regulators in Bermuda, but internationally focused on cybersecurity. Yep. And they're looking at the protection of data from a very different direction, whether it's the SEC or other regulators, but also Bermuda's regulators. And the Bermuda Monetary Authority has made it very clear that they want to promulgate codes of conduct Mm -hmm. that will affect risk management in this area. And the question becomes, how do all of these overlap? But you know, Jerome, there's an interesting genre, a source of security here. And that's the industries themselves. So you get the banking associations, insurance associations, you get auditors around the world Mm -hmm. setting standards for what they think uh, and how they think data should be protected, uh, the extent to which IT infrastructure needs to be secure. And they're actually uh, proposing almost as a self-regulation, they're self-imposing these standards of IT security that have to be reflected in these agreements. And courts take judicial recognition of these standards as norms. And as we can talk about, most of the statutes really talk vaguely about the standard of care and duty of care that's required. They talk about being appropriate or reasonable or proportional to the sensitivity of the information. But they're also going to focus on what those associations have actually said. Right. And they'll take recognition of those standards that have to be incorporated into how a CIO or in-house counsel evaluates what's necessary for that IT service agreement. So, Duncan, this is this is really great. This is a wealth of information. Um, I am learning a lot myself from listening to you. How does it feel to be back in Bermuda, you know, back at the beginning, so to speak? You know, how does that feel? How has that been for you so far? Oh, it's been fabulous. I mean, it's coming home. 
for myself and my family. We have so many friends here and, and family that um, we missed. And, and I have to tell you, from a practice perspective, this is a very sophisticated happening place. Uh, it's unlike any of the other you know, offshore jurisdictions that I've done work in, yep. in that we've got an incredibly sophisticated, well-developed infrastructure, and all of that just is very conducive to commercial practice. Uh, we've enjoyed that, and who can't enjoy the beauty of Bermuda? I mean, this is amazing. Very few people would find that to be uh, offensive, I, I would say. But I, I agree with you. I think that the infrastructure here is is just first class, and I think that, you know, to use a, a cliche, as it were, the, the sky's the limit. You know, Bermuda is continuing to grow and to, to expand and to, you know, bring in a wealth of experience, you know, you're a testament of that coming back, but also with the new industries, the cybersecurity, the data privacy, the digital asset business, all of this is starting to transform the island in, in, in immense ways and bring a level of expertise and clientele to the island that, you know, 50 years ago, we wouldn't have dreamed of being here. You know, the government really wants Bermuda to be a tech hub and to be this sort of diamond in the Atlantic that it already is, but to continue to shine. So it's really wonderful hearing you say that, and I'm hopeful that the experience from a commercial practical perspective will continue to be positive. And look at all the work that you and I do, Jerome, in fintech, digital asset, IT, outsourcing, as well as data protection, privacy, cybersecurity, and all of that just means this is a perfect time yep. for me to come back to Bermuda. Absolutely. You timed it. <laughs> you couldn't have timed it better. So um, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. And, and honestly, Jerome, to all the Bermudians that are not living in Bermuda right now, I got to say this is a perfect time for you to come back and return to the island. Bring your skills, bring your training, your education and professional experience, whether you're lawyers or otherwise. Mm-hmm. And as I say, it's been perfect timing, and it's great to be a part of that. I concur. Couldn't agree more. Now, on to the next. What are some of the do's and don'ts or sort of generally areas to focus on when looking at these commercial IT agreements? I think the first place to start is where all of these different areas of law converge. And they all have common characteristics that relate directly to what the outsourcing and IT service agreements have to address. So let me give you four examples. The first example is that all of these statutes and regulations require certain standards of IT security. And that's not just technical IT security, but a whole broad assessment of security to keep data secure and protected. That could mean physical security, it means human resource, best practices, staff training, staff education, uh, data segregation even, where you may not even have to keep all of the data that you have online and web accessible. Maybe you take that offline and use it internally through a local or a wide area network. Yes. And so... That's, that's one thing I think that, that's very common that, that these agreements all have to address. They all have to deal with in terms of the service conditions. The second one is that all of these laws require management ownership of these 
duties and regulations. Okay. And they can't be delegated. They can't be allowed and transferred to third parties. So just because you're outsourcing the company's IT infrastructure to a third party, you're not transferring your regulatory duties and obligations that you have upstream with regulators under any of these laws or statutes, and you still own those. And the only way that you can maintain those standards or perform them is by transferring them down or dovetailing them Mm -hmm. downstream to the IT service agreements or the outsourcing agreement. And otherwise, the regulated companies are caught in the middle. Yeah. The third aspect we're seeing is that all of these statutes are requiring internal management oversight and supervision, usually by the appointment of a chief information security officer or privacy officer or someone else who's delegated to be responsible to the regulator to ensure that there's legal and regulatory compliance. I think the other thing we're seeing is incident reporting. All of these statutes require that incidents related to a breach or potential breach of these laws have to be reported. And that gets complicated because you might be reporting some of these issues across multiple jurisdictions, not just in Bermuda, and you may have to report to, uh, for example, one of the things we have to be cognizant of is the fact that you could be reporting these incidents to multiple regulators at the same time. Yep. Let me give you an example. Sure. An insurance company in Bermuda that's publicly traded in the United States mm-hmm. will probably have to report the incident, or if there is a reportable incident, yep. to the Securities Exchange Commission. Most certainly. They'll have to report it to the Bermuda Monetary Authority. Definitely. And now we have a privacy commissioner who requires reporting to it to that office. Yeah. And so you can see that the overlap has to be coordinated and functuated. Yep. No, that's that's very interesting. And I think that as we as the sort of as you say, as the regulation continues to grow, um, you know, is there a practical way to dealing with this through the agreements? So for example, um, you know, how does the regulated entity manage that risk of compliance when for example it doesn't actually manage its it services itself it's 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 basically using a service provider or it's you know using some outsourcing agreement there is an event and as you say they have to go to um, multiple regulators does the agreement sort of say okay where there's an event we kind of issue out you know, sort of like the bat signal that goes out where everyone can see it and, you know, respond to it as accordingly? Or do we have to go and look at each regulator's requirement for disclosure or, you know, informing them of of an event and address it that way? Well, I know all of these issues are fairly new to Bermuda Law, but this is exactly what I've been doing for the last 20 years. And the only methodology that really works is you have to look at all of the laws and regulations that affect you. And you've got to deconstruct those into obligations that have to be flowed down and dovetailed into the service agreements, whether it's outsourcing or IT service agreements, so that you're not caught in the middle. Because the goal is that the regulated company 
can't be caught in the middle of having to comply with obligations upstream that it can't fulfill because those issues are not addressed downstream. in their service contracts downstream. Yeah. And the only way to do it is to deconstruct all of the upstream obligations and flow those down in very well-drafted, often difficultly negotiated agreements yep. to make sure that the regulated company is protected. And I think what's you know an interesting aspect of this is that it affects affiliated intercompany agreements the same way it does arm, arm's length service provider agreements. And the reason for that is because the regulator, in a sense, doesn't care if you're outsourcing to an affiliated company, your parent company, or to a publicly traded arm's length third-party service provider. All they care about is that the regulated company will perform those obligations. Let me give you some examples. Maybe yep. that might help. That would be clear for our, our listeners. We've already talked about the notice requirements of an incidence of breach. Yep. So then the requirement for the service provider to report that to you is important. So the regulated entity has to know when that data has been wrongly accessed, if there's been a cyber breach, security standards. You've got very um, onerous security standards for Bermuda-regulated companies, and those have got to be articulated into the service agreement as service performance requirements. So they go in the specifications the operational, functional, and technical specifications of performance, both for outsourcing and IT services, whether it's cloud, uh, software as a service, data yep. as a service, or otherwise, yep. those obligations have to be flowed down, and the standards have to be dovetailed. Uh, another thing that we've seen, too, is that uh, provisions like limitation of liability have to be reconsidered and exclusions when it comes to this because you have no ability to minimize your upstream liability or third-party liability to the constituents that your company might represent. Mm -hmm. If you're an insurance company, it's all of your customers. Yeah. And you can limit those liabilities to a certain extent. So you've got to make sure that the limitation of liabilities downstream match the way you've limited your liabilities to third parties upstream. Although, you can't limit them when it comes to regulator Understood. Issues, right? Yep. Um, I think the other thing that comes up very often in these negotiations is allowances in the downstream agreements to let the regulator participate in investigations, audits. When the data is in your shop domestically, of course you have an obligation to let the regulator participate in evaluation of performance, compliance, and related audits. Mm -hmm. So with the data is now in the hands of a third party, perhaps offshore or onshore, outside of Bermuda, the issue is then how do you allow the regulator to have access to the quality and care that the service provider is extending? So there's these assistance and cooperation provisions that have to be negotiated. Yeah. yeah. So, and I was going to say, listening to you say all of that, it's it's so easy and so clear to me, at least, um, you know, what the, the, the critical areas of focus and what the, the issues are for the in-house legal counsel and information officers of these companies, what their focus should be. Now, we know that, you know, 
saying it like this is clear, but once you have the agreements in front of you, it becomes like a whole different ball, ball game. And like you say, sometimes it is um, heavily negotiated because the service providers are not just going to say, oh, yeah, sure. Add, you know, you know, put more liability on us and we're not going to we, we're not going to be able to limit our liability. Yeah, that's great. No, they're, they're going to fight back, too. And so what is the sort of key takeaway you think that for our for our listeners today, um, I know what mine is. Mine is if you have any questions, call Duncan and let's talk about it some more. But, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> but what do you think, and what would you like the key takeaway for them to be for the future as they consider these um, issues and have to grapple with them in a real way? I think in-house counsel and CIOs in Bermuda have to adopt a new mindset when it comes to outsourcing and IT service agreements. I think historically we got into some bad habits with legacy agreements that people were just signing on three or four pages and not really reading them perhaps because they were affiliated companies and otherwise. And now there's a whole dimension of scrutiny over these agreements, whether it's from a governance perspective, auditors, You've got third-party liabilities to constituent customers, and you've got regulators. And regulators who are demanding compliance for the protection of not only your IT infrastructure as a matter of cybersecurity, but also for the protection of data that you hold about individuals that can be highly sensitive. So these agreements now have to really comply with all of, as I said, upstream obligations, mm-hmm. of which there are many across numerous statutes, have to be deconstructed and now have to be flowed down contractually to third-party service providers because otherwise Bermuda companies, Bermuda-regulated companies, will be caught in the middle. And that's not a good place to be. Duncan, that was really good. Um, I want to thank you for joining us to talk about this topic. Look forward to you visiting us again to talk about this and other developments in the future. Um, If you have any questions, as I said, listeners, please feel free to reach out to Duncan or myself. Our contact details will be in the show notes below, as well as you can find us on Applebee's website in Bermuda. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for now. Thank you, Jerome.